Hey everyone, I'm Sadevion and I'm the sun. I'm Marie Antoinette and I'm the moon and you're listening to the Twitches podcast. Go Twitches! Go Twitches! Hi Sadevion. Hey girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've just been really tired recently. Hmm. You know what I do when I'm tired? What? Go to bed? First of all, let me just say this. <laughs> I feel like you should know more than anybody who's listening to this that my language is not that predictable. So don't ever let that happen again. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. What do you do? Anyway, what we're going to try do? it again. We're going to try it again. <laughs> um, you know what I do when I'm tired? I don't think they could hear it. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, one, one more take. No. I promise. Okay. There's not enough. Okay. Do you know what? The I, day. Oh my god! Why is she such a hater? <laughs> do you know what I do when I'm tired? What? What do you do? This is so, okay. You know what? Just move on. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, yes, I've been, you know, working really hard. So I've been tired too. Yeah, you're not the only one who's tired. So you're not the only one who's booked and busy and doing things every day and can't get enough sleep. Just so you know. So you yeah. are doing a lot right no, now. No, I'm just I saying. Just said I was tired. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just reflecting. Okay, sleeping beauty. All righty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Um. Well, recently I read an article from Duke's Okay, why you office. say you read? Sorry, go ahead. Because I read it, like, what do you... I I read it, too. What do you want me to say? I ingested it? Like, are you (laughs) sick? (laughs) We ate the newspaper, actually. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I read an article uh, from Duke's... (laughs) You said it again. Okay, sorry. Do you? I'm sorry. We, uh, together, we actually right next to each other looking at the exact same screen, um, the exact same newspaper. This is all I asked for. (laughs) read an article um, from Duke's Office for Institutional Equity about intergenerational trauma. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Mm. Um, basically, the article talked about kind of like this idea of a, a generational curse and how things, um, specific events that happened to older family members, how they trickle down um, through generations. So one of the examples they used, um, and this, I believe this is what the first study on intergenerational trauma was done on. And based off of my readings, it's actually something that's, uh, quite new in terms of studies being conducted on it. Um, but it was the Holocaust and how Holocaust survivors, um, how the coping mechanisms that they had developed and everything, how that passed down through the family. Like, I think the example they used is if, um, if someone who, uh, like a grandmother of a family or a great-grandmother who survived the Holocaust, she deals with her emotions by cutting people off and, like, distancing herself, how that then passes down throughout the family. It becomes a trend, um, and it kind of becomes a norm. And we also see it, uh, it talks about a lot of specific groups where there's been a lot of trauma in the past, like Native Americans and also African Americans. Um, (laughs) And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So, so Davion, well, I guess first I'll ask you, was there anything from this article that striked you upon reading it or that just 
set off any bells in your head? Yeah. Um, it wasn't until very recently that, first of all, in the past, I've, you know, explored my own, you know, family intergenerational trauma mm -hmm. um, and these sort of curses. And I usually think of them like very small knit, like these are because of these specific things that happen to people that I know. Does that make sense? Mm. As an example, okay. this is not a real one. Well, I'm not using it as a real one right now, but right. like I would say, oh, you know, my mom does this because this happened to her. Uh -huh. It was just really small. Um, but the article like had me think, and I've thought about this before, but it made me think a little more about things like post-traumatic slave syndrome mm -hmm. um, and just like the history of black people in America and how that affects, you know, your family dynamics in addition to the personal and smaller ones that you already are dissecting. Um, so yeah, the, the larger events I thought about a lot more like, you know, the Holocaust, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, well, really quickly before I say anything, do you want to um, get into post-traumatic slave syndrome? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, here's the mic. Um, well, it's the belief that here's what I don't love. Okay. That... <laughs> I do this a lot. When I'm about to say something, I'll like touch Marie. I'm like, Here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's what I don't love. I feel like, hmm, I'm gonna choose my words wisely because a lot of times, think no, all the time, these things should never be compared. But I feel like I need to say it to make a point. I, <laughs> I feel like um, the history of other marginalized communities are automatically recognized as trauma that can be passed down through generations. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to things like post-traumatic slave syndrome and like historic trauma generational trauma for, for black americans i feel like it's a debate on whether or not it's real mm. and i don't like that because i really and i am a part of other marginalized communities i'm not a part of all of them but i feel like the <laughs> it's june y'all <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> i feel like i feel like the the majority of those conversations that are made or had are often just given grace. And I don't like that, okay? And this, this goes into a bigger issue that we're not talking about today, but the fact that racism, especially against black people, is a debate, a political debate in America, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We won't get into that, but I really dis dislike the fact that it is a question whether post-traumatic slave syndrome is a thing. Anyway, um, post-traumatic, I haven't explained it yet. Post-traumatic slave syndrome is... Should we look up the proper definition? I don't want to miss word. Not miss word. Yeah, let's, mm. let's get the exact definition. Okay. Okay, so the definition we found says, PTSS is a theory that explains the etiology of many of the adaptive survival behaviors in African-American communities throughout the United States and the diaspora. It is a condition that exists as a consequence of multi-generational oppression of Africans and their descendants, resulting from centuries of chattel slavery, a form of slavery which was predicated on the belief that African Americans were inherently slash genetically inferior to whites, 
This was then followed by institutionalized racism, which continues to perpetuate injury. Yeah, what she said. So <laughs> very ready, but we'll break it down. So what are your yeah? Okay, so it's the idea. You know, let's dissect it. Mm-hmm. The idea that the things that happened to our ancestors were passed down to their children and their children and their children who are now our, who we know as our great-grandmothers, great-great-great-grandmothers, grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the, that trauma is still very prevalent in a lot of our lives today, although slavery is, you know, not still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I do, I agree with you a lot when you talk about how people debate or I guess a lot of people don't think about the black community in America and think about the idea of there just being period. trauma. <laughs> a lot of people don't think about the black community in America up here. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Just think, just think about the fact that there is trauma. A lot of people are dismissive of it. And I think a lot of people are just like, racism was like a long time ago. Like we don't have it anymore. We're good. The United States isn't racist. Y'all just want something to complain about. But my family, um, <laughs> oh my god! Instead of my family, no, that's not what I'm doing. My family. That's not what I'm doing. Because one side of my family is, um, they're they're foreign. They're from Jamaica, yeah. from a different country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And the others. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the other side. Um, is from the, you know, United States South, um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana to, okay. (laughs) Baton Rouge, Louisiana to be specific. And Mm. I've, I've heard the stories of the way that they were treated, um, my family specifically. Um, cause I remember they were the first black kids in an all white neighborhood, um, the white kids would chase them home um, and <laughs> like with sticks and everything. It was, it was really crazy stuff. And you can you could just see how this trauma has impacted them like that. I, that would impact anyone. And I feel like a lot of a lot of people who do not have relatives who have directly experienced it or have experienced it themselves do dismiss it or they don't even think about it. Um, but it's it's a real thing, and I think um, intergenerational trauma in the African American family is oh gosh, it's such a it's such a big thing that I've recently been trying to look at under a microscope. I I reread the play Fences by August Wilson not too long ago, and the first time I read it, I was like a freshman in high school, and I feel like I just didn't have the tool set. Uh, to appreciate it. Also, mostly because it was like, oh, I'm reading this for a class, and I also didn't like that class, so that did not help. Um, <laughs> but I reread it uh, very recently, and I was like, oh my gosh, this play is all about intergenerational trauma. It's sure. wild. August Wilson did what he needed to do with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, he ain't. <laughs> do you see... Do you see any signs of PTSS in your like family now that you can recognize? Yeah, I I do. Um I th- and I think I can I can also start with like family 
now. Like, I feel like I can start with myself and then slowly go back and back and back and just, I could probably go eternally if I, you know, tried to think about things that have been passed down, but I... drag drag your slave ancestors. (laughs) Wow. I I do. I'm pretty sure it does. I think... I think I've always been very aware of the fact that it all stems from slavery. Um, but before yeah. I just thought of it as, you know, kind of just like the way in some families, the way that hurt passes down, like one family member was hurt, so they unintentionally um, or possibly intentionally hurt the next family member. Oh, and hurt then people hurt people. Yeah, and then, you know, hurt them and then hurt them and then hurt them and everything. So I think that I have... Uh, I've definitely seen that in my family. How about you? Yeah. A few examples I can think of are like that. I personally think I associate in my, that I recognize in my family and associate in my mind with PTSS is Mm -hmm. one like emotional numbness. Okay. Like the idea that like showing emotion is like horrible. It's not a thing you do. Mm -hmm. That was the way I grew up. And, you know, being in therapy now, you know, I've started the discussion of like, one, why do I, why am I probably one of the most emotionless people I know, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is something other people recognize in me, you know, friends. And also, why do I oftentimes, and this is really real, this is not something I can help. And I struggled with this for a long time because I was like, this is something I could work on when in reality, I think it's, you know, this, but having disregard for other people's emotions, you know, very easily. That came very easily to me. And now looking back, I recognize that in the people who I grew up with and the people who raised them and the people who raised them. Um, What else? Seeking help. (laughs) I I just did a very dramatic. Sometimes I wish we're on camera. Like, y'all be needing to see what I do. Asking for help. I I know there are other black families that just relate to this too hard. I think it's a... Although being black is not, you know, a monolith, you know, we're not all the same. A lot of us share the experience of, you know, our parents and their parents not really believing in, like, mental health. Or, like, seeking help for mental health. And I think that stems from, you know, the idea of, first of all, which is very toxic, you know... What happens in the family stays in the family, Mm -hmm. which is, we don't even need to go there, Mm -hmm. but we might. (laughs) That, and then also like asking, I'm I'm doing quotes, but like asking the white man for help, you know? Um, So yeah, I just said a lot. I hope you digested every word. (laughs) That they what? They they digested. Clearly, I digested those words before I said them. Clearly. I think it's really interesting that you? you bring up seeking help. I do. No, yeah, you do. So I said that. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting that you bring up the idea oh of seeking help because I think that a big phenomenon I've seen in my family is I actually don't, I feel like some people that I've seen don't recognize that they need help or they feel like they're all good, like they're all good. Um, And I think that that's actually been something 
really interesting because I have had family members fully recognize the fact that they have grown up and experienced trauma um, and they have just not had, you know, the, the best childhood experiences and recognize that that can like hurt someone, you know, a lot emotionally, you know, psychologically and all that stuff and recognize that they were probably a little impacted by it too. But also be like, oh, but I'm good. I'm G. I'm I'm chilling. I'm, <laughs> and I I, just, I thought yeah. that 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 has been something that has been really interesting to me. Have you seen that at all? Can I ask a follow up question just to clarify? Yeah. So you think you believe that like some of your some of these examples you've seen in your family mm-hmm. genuinely don't recognize that they have trauma that they like what they're doing is not what they're supposed to do. Yes, I I genuinely think they live in that mindset. And I also think that some of those family members are like, oh, all healed. Like they feel like- Oh, that's a different level. I also feel like they're like, all good, all healed. That's a few steps from the other thing we just said. (laughs) It's on the the same field, but 30 yards down. (laughs) Now that's- I've seen both. Now that's mental illness with a side of something extra. Not- (laughs) I'm not shaming right now, but it's, I feel like it's one, check me if I'm wrong, if you disagree, okay. it's one thing to not recognize your issues or not be able to, it's another thing to recognize them and think you're healed. That's a different level of sick, quite literally. And I think I've seen that. Genuinely? I think I've seen that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had some conversations with you recently about some oh. things and... I think that's what I saw. Say their names. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, well, I can't. I can't get on the same level. I, I have not seen that. Unfortunately, okay. it, mm, no. I think the the thing I see is mentally ill and don't know it. Okay. Or needs help and don't know it. Okay, which I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's yeah. also a really big phenomenon. Yeah, but don't compare them. <laughs> you, you're right. They are. They are both huge. But they were both very different. I've seen both. <laughs> to clarify, I've have seen you seen? Both. Have you seen both in the same people? Well, I guess that would be a little impossible. Um, let's see the differences between the two. Blah blah blah. Not realizing it, and no, just since okay. they're like two different things, I wouldn't yes. say that I've seen okay. both in the same people. Yikes! Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's. It's really interesting because I, without trying to get too specific, because I'm really not, guys. You know, this isn't my... <laughs> y'all know my mantra. Say their name. <laughs> y'all know I'm always like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it is this really interesting phenomenon. I, I recognized a few things, and this is from a very, very, very specific situation. I realized <laughs> that you cannot reason with someone who is unreasonable or appears to be unreasonable in a certain moment. And I also realize that some people's perspectives of the world around them are wildly, are drastically different from yours. Like some people are just living in completely different worlds. Like they see you, you see them, we're, on, we're in the same universe, you know, allegedly, we're in the same dimension, but the way that they see the world 
and the way that they interpret things is just so different from the way that you're experiencing it. And I think that was kind of a shock because I'm fully aware of the fact that people have different perspectives. We live in the United States of America, a country that is very, very split. And there, even if you want to, I'm not even going to get into politics, but <laughs> looking at politics, there are two big political parties that see two different versions of the exact same country. I'm aware of the fact that different perspectives exist, but sometimes you meet someone that has such a different perspective that you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, hmm. got to choose my words wisely. I often take the high road. Oh, you started with often. <laughs> I, I very, I most often, I okay. would say 95% of the time. Okay. Take the high road, right? When they go low. <laughs> So here's the thing, 95% of my life, when they go low, I go high, right? Not 95%. But that other 5%, when they go low, I go lower, okay? Sometimes with those people, you know, the first thing you said, mm -hmm. it is, you just cannot ration with someone who's irrational, mm -hmm. especially if they're living in their own world. Mm -hmm. I just feel, <laughs> I just personally feel. I'm scared, I'm scared. This is, this is just me. I feel that sometimes you have to step into somebody's world just for a little bit, just for a little bit, and then step out of your character <laughs> to defend your character, right? And sometimes, very rarely, oh my gosh. but sometimes, that opens up their world to the real world. Sometimes. <laughs> not, not always, not often, but sometimes it does. So, do with that what you will. Oh, I couldn't imagine what's today be. I wouldn't... <laughs> Hmm. I can't either, because I wouldn't have been there. But I digress. I digress. How, okay, I have a question. Uh -huh. How do? How do you? Sorry, y'all. How, 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 how? Have you ever? Have how you, do you? Okay, no, no, no. We're gonna reset. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> okay. I love leaving these in because I just know they're stupid as hell. <laughs> okay, reset. I have a question. <laughs> you have to be quiet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Marie, so Marie Antoinette, I have a question for you. Yes. Okay, so how do you think, because we've had this conversation. Yes. And, you know, I think we both have the ability to. Two-parter. How do you think you can break generational trauma? To One. And do you think everyone has the ability to? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, I think. Why'd you just give me side eye? <laughs> I didn't. What mean, did I do? <laughs> I didn't mean to give you a side oh. eye. I think that. What's the first question? Do we? Do you think? How do you think? Oh, you how can, do you think? You okay, 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 okay. Which I guess I think, is a little broad in general. So specific to you. How do you think? Maybe how do you think you can mm -hmm. break generational trauma? I think that that is what I am in the process of doing um, because I think the thing that I feel has been a little different from the way that I'm approaching things because I also recognize some things that I've inherited and I have not appreciated those traits and I've been like I would like to work on these um, but I first of all believe that it is important 
to recognize the trauma and try to do as much digging as you can. Um, and if it's possible, if you can have a good relationship with the people around you who you've also feel like experienced this trauma to also talk to them about it and talk to them about their experiences with it. Oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> um, so I think the first step is recognizing, um, doing some work like tracking back if you can, seeing where it's stemmed. Like tracking back? Tracking. Oh, what is that? <laughs> I mean? use this really weird phrasing, really weird phrasing, you know, going backwards, it, seeing it, where the it. root of it is. Um, and then I think the next part that's really important is the, the healing. Um, I think it's really helpful to reach out to someone for help, whether that's you going to like a therapist or you working with these family members, like all of you going to a therapist or um, whatnot. Um, I just think it's really important to not only recognize it, recognize that there is a problem, this is not normal, where this stemmed from, but also to seek help and guidance on what the next steps for those things are. Because I think the I thing- I said get help, Red Heart. <laughs> get, get well soon. The thing that I feel like is a little different for me is that I think that I'm one of the few family members I know who has sought out um, help and for these specific- Isn't that so sad? I think it's really sad. Like, cause I share the same experience mm -hmm. and I'm just like, like, I'm not trying to build myself up. I'm really not. Or you, <laughs> but if we want to do evaluations, we are probably lower on the list of necessity for help. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, I agree. But we're the only ones get, it's kind of, uh, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I agree. It's really sad. I 100% agree. Um, <laughs> not agree. <laughs> Do you think everyone has an ability? No, that's a great question. And I've been thinking about that too, because I think that not everyone is going to recognize it. I feel like denial is a really big problem for some people. And I feel like you can't reason with everyone. And if you can't do those first steps, you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped or who doesn't think they need help. So if you can't do those first few steps, I don't know. I don't want to say that anyone's helpless, but you do have to take some baby steps before you get to the being able to, you know, get help. And I, I, I want to say that I think everyone has the ability to get there, but some people that I think there are a lot of walls that you have to break through and they have to want to break through them for themselves. Mm -hmm. So answer the question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes or no. I, just, I, I would like a yes or no. I love the explanation. I would love an, a yes or no. Do you think everyone has the ability to break generational trauma or curses? Yeah, sure. That's not good enough for me. I said... Yes or no. I said yes. No, you said yeah. Sure. Okay, yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like you're this? you're sick. <laughs> Please, moving on. Um... I've, for me personally, I think similar to a lot of the things you said as far as like how to break generational trauma, for me, everyone who knows me knows I am in a constant state of reflection, like 25-8, like always. Um, I think that's really important to not always be reflective, but reflect very often. 
Because there's a lot of self-discovery that comes with that, whether you want it or not. I agree. I wish um, more people did it. Same. Don't you? <laughs> Sorry. Some, <laughs> some people, do you ever meet someone or you know somebody and you're like, God, if they reflected on their life or themselves, they would be unstoppable. <laughs> there's some people I see and I'm like, oh, if only you unlocked your full potential. I also don't think some people think deep enough to do it. Which wait, that me, sounds which, really mean. I'm not even trying. No, to be no, 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 no. Can I? Can I? Can I branch off of this? Yeah. <laughs> this leads me into my next answer for my answer for the next question. Okay. Because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Which is why I would say no. I don't think everyone has the ability to break generational trauma. Because, like you said, I don't believe everyone has the ability, or yeah, I I don't believe everyone has the ability to reflect the way. Reflection is needed for something like breaking a generational curse. I've also seen it, like, mm-hmm. firsthand. Mm-hmm. And should I? I'm just going to say it. I have siblings. Mm-hmm. And two of my siblings have children. Mm-hmm. Quite a few of them. Um, but <laughs> they have children. And before they even had children, there were things that I recognized about the way we were parented. And the way, by the way, my mom is the best mom in the world. You know, everyone says that. That doesn't take it away from that doesn't take away from you know the things I would change about the parenting style for myself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I recognize things before they even had children that like I know I want to be a parent, and when I'm a parent, these are things that I want to change, or these are things I want to you know fix. And after seeing my two siblings become parents, unfortunately, I've recognized that some of the trauma has led into the way they parent. And I think, I thought, and I still do think, maybe they just don't have the ability to reflect on that trauma and actively work towards changing it. Because I feel like if they did, they probably would. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so I would say no to that question. Okay. Yeah. But do you think that they recognize it? I think one of them does. Okay. Why are you about to laugh? I think one of them does and one of them doesn't. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) How many times are we going to say yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, no, right. Okay. And... What do you think was the block for the sibling that did recognize it? Um, a few things. Well, not the block. I think, well, yeah, the block. Mm-hmm. I think there was a level of comfortability. Okay. Too comfort, too comfortable. Um, and then, like, maybe a little laziness. Okay. Because, you know, like objectively mm-hmm. anyone and we would all say my siblings and I that we had an amazing upbringing an amazing childhood you know um and with that it might be a little harder to you know pick out the things that weren't so great so it could just be like you know why fix it if it's not broken which I think 
is the problem with the generations before us and the trauma that they have had passed down. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I think getting used to it, being like, this right. is... I think also just a, like, this is just how this life is, is how attitude. Is. Very that. And I, I'm like, no, there are just some things that are just not normal. There are just a lot of things that we need to not normalize. Mm-hmm. And that that could be said for a lot of things that are happening in the current world mm-hmm. that are becoming more of a frequency but that does not mean that they're normal. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. Ooh, with that. we need to get into something. What? Ooh, we got to touch on it. What? <laughs> what? No, Marie Antoinette, I'm telling you, we have to talk about what? it. What? I'm telling you, like, we need to talk about this. So, <laughs> do you hate me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just said deja vu. Okay. Maybe I had a dream about this while predicting the future. Look at me. Anyway, um, it's deja vu. That was so good. <laughs> Wait, say it louder so they can hear it. I said sedeja vu. She ate that up. Yeah, I'm calling it that from now on. I'm about to, I'm about to patent that before we publish this episode. Oh, uh, no. Okay. 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 Sorry, we got to get into it. Did you it. just get proposed we have to? to get like, into are it. you? No, no, no. Okay, because I'm kind of nervous. We just can't be specific. Okay. Okay. I believe... You're about to make me nervous. No, 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 no. Okay, don't be nervous. Follow me. Hold my, <laughs> hold my hand. We're going to go on this together. He's so theatrical. <laughs> hold my hand. Okay. I'll, uh, you, I'm, I'm switching gears. I'm switching gears. Switching gears. Pivot with me. Okay. Follow me, okay? I'm pivoting. I'm hold pivoting. my hand again. Hold my hand. <laughs> we let go. Have you ever seen other family members or like cousins or like, I don't know, just other family members and been like, oh, wow my mom or my parent was able to break that generational curse and theirs wasn't. Like yes. I have cousins who I'm just going to say it by my mom's sibling mm-hmm. who like when I used to hang out with them, I used to be like, oh, my mom changed this about her life and made sure that we didn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. But her sibling did not. Mm-hmm. And took that into their parenting. I just think that's really interesting. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever been like, oh, wow. Yes. I will say um, a big thing um, for one of my parents is that they grew up and they did not really, like, they didn't have the traditional family. I always felt like I didn't have the traditional family since my parents were divorced. Um, But one of my parents really didn't have the traditional family and they kind of, like, had to take care of themselves growing up because um i mean they were raised by their grandmother and uh their parents also were just like not physically in the same country as them (laughs) um and that parent always said that when they grew up and they had a child they wanted to make sure that that child always knew that they would be there for them um and that they would support them and you know they just wanted to help them to thrive and succeed in life and you know be the best they could in everything and I can say 100% that that parent has done that and so much more right. and I think that that is insane because this parent did not have that foundation themselves but they said I will be that foundation right. and they were that <laughs> very that they were that <laughs> this re-fucking-tweet <laughs> amazing amazing incredible yeah um I'd say it's so interesting because also looking at 
one side of my family, I think, you know, specifically the side that um, is from, um, sorry, <laughs> from Louisiana. <laughs> that, Say, that is from Louisiana. Um, so I'll call them, I'll call them the core four, the core four siblings of um, my grandparents. I think all of these siblings have taken on life in an extremely different way. They were raised by the same people. Um, and I think that all of them have just, um, I, I don't know. I think that all of them have coped in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think that one sibling, um, was made, made fun of a lot, you know, um, dealt with a lot of bullying and a lot, a lot of racism and harassment. They all dealt with that. But one sibling in particular, um, dealt with a bunch of it and their response to it was fighting back just physically fighting back, just bulldoze, just physically bulldozing through people. Um, so they Can really I tell them became, something yeah. real quick? Interjection. Sometimes <laughs> when Marie and I are telling stories, like either of us telling stories and we don't know who the other person is talking about, we'll, we'll like ask each other, we'll, we'll mouth to each other like, who? Who? And then we'll mouth back like in the middle of talking. That shit is so funny. We'll mouth back. Please, sorry. Keep going. That was really funny. Oh my God. So their response became to fight and, you know, like fight or flight situations um, and even some situations that don't call for it always became fight because that was how they learned to survive. Um, And I think, I just think it's so interesting to look at the core four, that's what I call them, the core four, and see how they... Like a fucking Avengers team. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And see how they all you know, handled it. I think out of one of those siblings, you know, like, um, one of those siblings is, um, one of my family members who I feel like is, um, kind of, you know, just very different perspective, very different world. Right. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting to see how it affects everyone differently. It is. It is. How did your parents, if you don't mind me asking, view mental health? Because you're someone who's sought help. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I have to check my English sometimes, Because <laughs> I'm trilingual. Anyway. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> did she just call me it? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, how, first of all, how did your parents view mental health and mental health and seeking help and then also how did that affect you in your process of like seeking help or like yeah um i would say that i feel like at first there was a little stigma around it on my mom's end or i don't really want to say stigma but like you know, she's from Jamaica and <laughs> in <laughs> so annoying and Sorry. Jamaica and the US are just very different in a lot of ways. Like she would always say that in the US they feel like um they overprescribe like people um medication here. Um so I feel like it was it, it was just because of that upbringing, but I also Think that. Think? Yeah. Are you British? <laughs> I also think that. <laughs> Please. 
as I, I think just as time went on and as she just like went through life and stuff, she was like, oh no, yeah, mental health is definitely a legit issue. Um, she, it was kind of more of a thing where I'm the one that reached out to her. And that's not always the case with kids. Like your kids, you know, kids won't always come to parents and be like, I think I need help. But I think it is really good when that does happen. But I think this is sometimes a thing where like, it is also really nice to have a parent who will specifically just like recognize that the kid, you know, might need help. But I specifically went up to my mom and I was like, I think that I need to um, start working through some stuff with like a professional. And she was very open to it. She told me to do what I needed to do. Um, <laughs> you do a lot right now on this couch. Um, she was telling, uh, she told me to do what I needed to do, that she supported me 100%. Right. Um, and my dad, when I told him about it too, he was also supportive about it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, I think that they, I think they both feel like there are things that you can do i'm trying to find the way to word this right things that you can do that can actively be worsening your mental health and they encourage like um and you do a lot of them sorry go ahead excuse me oh sorry <laughs> excuse sorry. like what sorry i thought this is therapy sorry like what <laughs> like what we'll discuss later no we'll discuss later um but specifically, like, sitting in the, you know, sitting in the house a lot and stuff like that. <laughs> sitting in the house a lot and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, but they've, they've both been supportive. You have been raising your hand for 10 minutes. What? You're that teacher. You're, gonna, you're that teacher that sees the one student raising their hand all the time. And you look around the class like you don't see anything. Anyway, when you told your mom, and I quote, um, I think I need to seek help for some things. Did you also say Sedavion also thinks I need to seek help for some things? Or was no! That okay. You weren't so... I'm not being shady. I suggest, I suggest therapy to everybody. You were so annoying. Did I not suggest it to you? You're not, I'm not the taking, reason I'm not that taking I went credit. to therapy. No, I'm not taking credit. You are not the reason I I'm went not to taking therapy. Credit. I suggest therapy to everyone because I think it helps. I went to therapy because I experienced an event that was really traumatic for me and I was having a hard time processing it. Oh, really? That's wild. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sorry, y'all. We had to to (laughs) concur. No, um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is what I was going to say. Marie Antoinette, I have something to say. What? I'll try again so we get like more of a, what's up? What do you have to say type of response, okay? Okay, here we go. Oh, Marie Antoinette, I have something to say. What do you have to say? Okay, so this is a hostile work environment. (laughs) I don't like coming to work and feeling like I'm not unwanted. Keep it pushing. What do you have to say? (laughs) Talk about curses. (laughs) <laughs> oh, these episodes um, are an hour long oh my god yeah because of you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um i was well the thing okay audience i have something to say <laughs> what is that that you have to say oh well i was gonna say that it wasn't until later in life i'm answering the question now okay to be clear okay 
it's so hostile here. Like, I can't work here anymore. I can't do this. Um, it wasn't until later in my mom's life, really late, not really late. She's young. <laughs> not maybe like real late in her life. It wasn't until later in her life and also later in my life where I felt comfortable expressing my desire for help regarding mental health. Um, and I think similar to a lot of other black people, um, my mom carried those stigmas of like mental health and you know also there is you said is from your mom um, your mom shared this belief because you know she's from Jamaica but I think there's also the belief for you know American black people that like you know the, the pharmaceutical industry just wants to put you on drugs and a lot of things and you don't really need it um, I think that followed her the reason I believe or I know that is because I was diagnosed with ADHD like in elementary school and I vividly remember them being like these are medication options and granted medication back then was wild <laughs> it was pretty wild but I remember my mom you know kind of immediately being like mm -mm, no um, it wasn't until two things two, two events or multiple events but two big you know moments it wasn't until my mom recognized mental illness in her siblings, like my aunt and uncle, that she, I think personally, that she thought about these things, um, like, like recognized it extremely. And then, you know, very much in your face when one of my siblings started to, you know, very abruptly display some signs of mental illness that my mom was like, oh, this, we need to do something. And even after that, she, you know, she recognized her own and she sought help for herself and then encouraged the rest of my siblings and I to do it as well. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was a journey, Okay. but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I do think a lot of times experience is experiences. Sometimes it just takes experience of something. Right? Yeah, um, I was I was going to ask what you think about um, I suppose big fights that happen um, in families, and not mm -hmm. just like our average fight of mm -hmm. you know where are we going to eat for dinner? You didn't take out the trash. You know, big fights that kind of shift relationship dynamics. Oh, you want the tea. I think, I think our approach to them is very different. You and I? Yes, because I think that, speaking specifically about the end result of these fights, I think I've had a lot of experience where if I found myself in this situation, the person on the other end of the fight would be like, it's done, it's over, we're done, it's done, you know, just like ready to like hacksaw off limbs um, and stuff like that. And you are theatrical. <laughs> you, are, you are such a theater kid. And I have always been very against that. And I think it's this interesting place that really confuses me because I think this is where trouble with setting boundaries comes for me um, because I just don't appreciate 
losing relationships. But I think one of my biggest things is I don't find it beneficial to lose these relationships and such dramatic blowups because it's not like a lot of people say that they're doing it in the name of protecting their peace, but they're not protecting anything. What I feel like is they end up storing resentment for this person and they let them take up more of their energy um, than they would like to say. But I feel like in a lot of cases, I've just seen a lot of these people, um, at least the way that I've seen it, when they cut off people, they just end up restoring resentment for this person. And now they get this own little place in their mind. They're not always at the forefront of their mind, but when they come up, you know, it's like seeing red. And I feel like it takes a lot of energy to give someone that much power. And I don't have the energy. I don't have the time, don't have the energy. I am always tired. I am always wanting to go to bed. So Lord knows that I do not have the energy to dedicate to that. And why'd you say we're on very two, two, different, two very different sides of this? Because I think that you are better at to saying, no, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And I feel like me, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself without completely cutting people off. Because I don't believe in that. I, I, I don't believe in it for myself. I don't believe in the giving so much energy to resenting people. I'd agree with that. That we're different in that sense. Um, here's the thing. I have a really small family. People always think it's weird when I say this. But like genuinely, first of all, my immediate family is five people. And the family out, like my extended family, is literally like the ones that I you know, know, grew up with, not the people that are cousins of cousins of cousins of cousins, but extended family that are you know actually familial are m m under like 25 maybe 30 people which i think is very small for the average person um and the relationships that have been severed on my on my behalf or you know regarding me have a lot of reasons like a lot of years of built up reasons um and I don't agree that, you know, <clears throat> protecting your peace doesn't actually protect anything because, and no, I don't believe, you, you, you do hold, you will hold resentment, sure. Um, but the way I look at it is I either held resentment, let's, let's take a specific relationship, for example. You know the person I'm talking about, but mm -hmm. I had a family member who, was really close to my immediate family, practically in my immediate family. Um, not necessarily, not technically, but practically. Mm -hmm. um, and they were really close with all of my siblings. All of my childhood. And like, for some reason, never, ever desired to be close with me. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, but it is really emotional. Um, and they... They never, like, no matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, they would do things like text in our family group chat all my three siblings' names mm -hmm. and say, like, I'm coming to pick you guys up. <laughs> okay. And, like, we're going to go, like, to the theme park or something. Okay. Like, to that extent. Um, I also, which I just wish, this is something that I feel like no child should ever deal with, mm -hmm. hearing, hearing adults speak about you and not, like, a positive light. 
No, absolutely I, not. I too many times overheard many family members, but specifically this one, overheard them not speaking highly of me to other family members. And that just added a lot. And, you know, even early... And the thing was, it wasn't that they, they, they didn't want to be close with me and it was just that. It was that they didn't want to be close with me and I wanted to be close with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, is like, which just adds, I feel like, so much more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasted for a really long time until... I don't remember the exact time, but obviously, you know, it had to be, you know, someday. I kind of was just like, the mo- I'm going to stop putting effort into this. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm just going to, I'm not, I don't desire to be close with it. Not at that very moment, but I was going to work towards not desiring to be close to that person anymore. Not Clearly, they didn't want to, anything to do with me, and I had to be okay with that because nothing about that was going to change. Um and I would argue that doing that did way better for me. Cutting off that relationship, because now we don't speak. We can be in the same space and literally, we don't say hello. We don't, um, we just don't interact at all. Um, and which, on another note, just vindicated a lot for me. Like it validated a lot. Like the fact that I stopped speaking to you and that wasn't a problem for you, That's that proves my point, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I would argue that Doing that did so much better for me, my mental health, my psyche, than staying in that state of desire for that relationship that would never happen. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that I did protect my peace by cutting off that relationship and that it did protect something. Mm-hmm. That was a really long rant, but that is what I got at. <laughs> that is what I meant to get at. I, yeah, I think that that's very real. Um, I'm trying to find... I'm trying to find my words because I think that's pro- that's probably what I'm in the process of working through figuring out my relationships with people because I think not all relationships will be able to be maintained and not all relationships um, should be maintained um, in reality even if that's the desire for it. I think my big thing though is that I can't have resentment on my end Um, because I refuse to give someone else that much power. I think that's the thing. I just, I, I, I think I'm really stubborn in that regard. Like I am not going to like, even like with the whole thing, there are very few people that I will say I don't like. And the ones that I don't like, I get annoyed every time I think about them because they're taking up so much space in my brain to be labeled as someone that I explicitly do not appreciate. Um, but <laughs> did anybody come to mind when you said that? Anyways, oh. um, <laughs> I think well, you for one. Oh, uh, oh! <laughs> Please. she's dropping me, Your Honor. Please, not in think, June. Huh? Not not in June. Okay. <laughs> well. Anyway, <laughs> I was going, what was I going to say? Um, you're going to be annoyed at this line because it, it sounds like I Let just roll my it sounds already. like I just wrote in a Tyler Perry movie. But I do think that a really big thing is forgiveness. <laughs> that sounds so that sounds so crazy, but it is it is true. Forgiveness is for you and not for the other person. And I think for me, I have to forgive to I think that's personally what I have to do to protect my peace 
I think that I'm still working on setting boundaries because that is another huge part of it. But I cannot hold so much resentment, especially not a family member because it just doesn't feel right with me. Like I, a family, family fractures really do not hit for me. Um, and that might still be kind of like what some people feel is like a, a childlike mindset when, you know, things just feel a little more rounded and everything. Um, but I do agree it, that it's important to set healthy boundaries. Like, you know, in your situation, if there's a family member that's treating you so terribly, like, no, no, they do not deserve the time of day. They wow. don't deserve any bit of you. Um, but... I think for me in my head, I would just have to make sure that, yeah, I don't like you. I don't talk to you. <laughs> Wrong. But I do forgive you. <laughs> I do. In the most angelic voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's the main part where we differ. Mm-hmm. Why did I say that and not continue? <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> I think that's the main part where we differ. I think you... I don't think... I don't hold familiar relationships to the same standard as you. Would you agree? Probably. Like, I, I hold them to a... I think you... Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, jump in. Jump me. Slap me. You probably feel like being family is basis for like trying to have a relationship no matter what. Not exactly. I think okay. I've just always been really close with my family. Sure. I on both sides of my family, um, family is everything. Those are the people that you ride or die for. And even though they're big on both ends, on both ends. I should call them big. <laughs> Yes, I do have large amounts of family on both sides. And they are all, you know, Medea's big, happy family. But, you know. Were you taught that growing up? Maybe that's where the difference is. Were you taught yeah, that family I think I was. Yeah, I think I was taught that and I also experienced it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, great. That Look at us doing the work. I was taught that blood is not always thicker than water. Okay, T. And that you can't necessarily trust anybody, even family. Like, I was even taught, and, you know, people might have, I know you have your thoughts on this, <laughs> but I was taught that, you know, even, like, even sometimes your own mother, even your siblings, cannot, you cannot put all your faith into those relationships because people are their own, people are their own person, and they will do what they want to do no matter what, mm -hmm. and no matter who you are to them or what your relationship is. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in that regard... I've held all my relationships to a distance, a little bit, at a distance, arm's length, until it is proven to me that they can be, you know, brought in and heavily considered in all aspects. Okay. Yeah. So in my head, it's not like, oh, we're family, we should try to be, we should, you know, try our hardest. I'm like, we're family, if it works, it doesn't work. Because there are family members that, like, you just don't, vibe with like as people if you weren't related you would never probably cross paths you know what i mean and i take that into account i'm like that we are not living the same life we are not on the same journey 
it just it, the cards it, it isn't in the cards for us mm-hmm. yeah yeah i get i guess the upbringings i guess it really does differ in the upbringings that yeah that probably is the point um because it's not even like my mom raised me my mom always like <laughs> was like always be alert and you know always be skeptical of of people like my mom is is very much that energy but she did always say you know at the end of the day you do have your family that you can lean. it it was really both my parents because that's one thing that both my parents admired about each other my dad Mm. liked that when he went to jamaica he saw that the family was so tight-knit there he said that he actually had a hard time finding families that he felt were as tight-knit as family in Louisiana, because they were also very tight. And my mom. How many families did he look at? No, I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) And my mom also admired that about family down south. Uh, uh, Well, my family's from the south too, so. So, so what are you trying to get at? So. I don't know, Sadavion. What are you trying to have me get at? No, I'm just asking. (laughs) Sound like you were trying to make a point or something. Do you want to get into beef of the week? Yes, let's, uh, we're going to switch gears here really quick. Yes, so today, our beef of the week is not really a beef, um, but it's a little more serious, so we want to say that, and we're not doing the music, but um, we want to send, you know, thoughts and love to all of the people who have fallen victim to mass shootings recently in the United States, um, and their families as well, and just everyone as a whole, because... This is something that has been very traumatizing for everyone, especially the people who are directly affected. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also sending love to everyone and everyone who has not only directly experienced it, but who's also been consuming the media and everything and who feel really overwhelmed by it. Make sure to take care of yourself, pace yourself, drink some water, make sure you're sleeping. Tell the people that you love that you love them. And um, if you need to cry, <laughs> have a good cry. And also make sure that you're taking care of yourself and checking in on others, but making sure that you have the capacity to do so. Um, and earlier in the episode, when I was talking about things that are happening more frequently, starting to become normalized, but they shouldn't, this was one of the things that was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no reason that this should be considered normal to kids growing up today um so yeah that's that's all we have for you today thanks for listening yes thank you so much have a great rest of your whenever you're listening to this thank you bye